This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Why? Because we know that we serve an able God. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's working within us. There's power working in you this morning. There's power working in you this morning. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask. Listen, this is the day that the Lord has made. Go ahead and share this live feed with your neighbors and with your friends. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel online live right now. And you want them to not just watch with you, but worship the Lord with you. We've come to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Why? Because God is great. And he is so greatly to be praised. So go ahead, share this with your neighbors, share this with your friends right now. And listen, get ready to worship the Lord because we're going to go into worship in just a moment. Before we do, won't you join me for one moment of prayer? Father God, in the name of Jesus, how grateful, how thankful we are for this day. This day that you have given us. This day, oh God, that you woke us up, clothed and in our right minds. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your holy name. And we thank you, God, that you are the able God. There's so many situations that we have faced this past week, but God, you have proven yourself able. Able to heal. Able to restore. Able to lift up bowed down heads. Able to wipe tear-stained eyes. God, you're able, able to supply our every need. And so, Lord, we worship you now. We give you glory now. We honor and we bless your name right now. Oh, God, you've been so good. Through all that we've been through, we declare and decree this morning that better and brighter days are ahead right now. Thank you for this day, this day that you've given. And on this day, Lord, we want to give you everything that we've got. All of our worship, all of our praise, all of our glory. It goes to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Listen, come on and get ready to stand to your feet. You might as well go ahead and do it now because we're going to worship the Lord this morning for this beautiful day that he has given. In fact, it's a great day. It's a good day. It's a brighter day. Let's praise him, y'all.
Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is coming from Luke, the 23rd chapter. We'll be reading verses 32 through 35. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified them there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, may we bow for a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for another week's journey. We thank you, Father, for what all you have done for us, for the many blessings you have shared with us. We thank you, Father. Father, we pray now for those who are sick and for those who are shedding, in, Father, that they feel your spirit and feel you near them to give them comfort, to strengthen them, Father, to shore them up, Father, where they're towing down and, and build them up in spirit. Father, we pray that this pandemic will continue to leave us, that you usher it out and usher in a new day. One, Father, where we can return back to this place and give you joy in. As we give you praise in our homes this morning, we thank you, Father. We thank you just for the opportunity, no matter where it is, Father, to give praises to your name. And we give thanks to your name for all the blessings that you have given us. It is these blessings we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Listen, y'all, we're, we're, we're worshiping the Lord. I, I pray that you're worshiping in your home, in your sanctuary. Amen. Because we always remind you, make your home your sanctuary. Make your living room your sanctuary. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to lift our hands this morning in the sanctuary. As we come bringing our offerings, our tithes, and our gifts unto the Lord God of our salvation, there are any number of ways that you can give. Uh, by way of, of the church app, by way of uh, mailing your tithes uh, and checks to the uh, office, also dropping them off. You can text to give as well. All those ways that are on the screen right now that are listed, any number of ways you can do that. But make sure that you give so liberally and cheerfully for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And while you're doing that, let's worship him because giving is a part of worship. Do this in your sanctuary.
us pray. Father, we thank you for being our Father. We thank you for your Son, Jesus, our Redeemer. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father, that you leave to comfort us. And Father, we thank you for trusting us with your treasures. As we return it back to you, Father, joyfully, we thank you. And Father, may this offering bless us here on earth to upbuild your kingdom. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Katie Chapel, the 2021 graduate bio form is now available for high school seniors and college graduates. The form can be completed on the Katie Chapel app or at kchapel.nucleus.church. It is due by Sunday, April the 18th. The form is required for participation in Baccalaureate Sunday. For questions, send an email to futuresministrykchapel at yahoo.com. We want to be able to stay connected to you. So take a few minutes and update your contact information. Just go to the KHFL app and click on the update info tab. And while you have your phones out, go ahead and open your calendar app or grab a paper one if you need it. I'd like for you to make note of a few dates. First off, circle April the 6th. This is the primary municipal election day in the city of Jackson. And on April the 27th, we will have the primary runoff day. Now, while you have those apps open, go ahead and make note of June the 8th as well. This is the general election day. And if you need to vote absentee, no worries. You can do this on weekdays from March the 29th through April the 2nd from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or on Saturday, April the 3rd from 8 to noon at Jackson City Hall. Listen, K-Chapel, don't miss the bandwagon. Get out and vote. You're going to hear a little bit more about this in just a second, but on Saturday, April the 3rd, starting at 9 a.m., K-Chapel is hosting a GPS Easter egg hunt. Check out the K-Chapel app or Nucleus page for more information. Join us on Friday, April the 2nd for the virtual Seven Last Words of Christ, streaming live on Facebook at GSJ Jackson MS. On next Sunday, April the 4th, we will celebrate the resurrection of our King. Join us for sunrise service on Easter. Please note that we will only have one service next week at 7 a.m. These are all of our announcements today. Happy Sunday, K-Chapel. Good morning, K-Chapel. I'm Ashley McLaughlin, the youth, one of the youth mentors for the Youth Council. So as we all know, we typically try to do an Easter egg hunt, um, typically for our underage, well not underage, under teenage age children. So last year we had to skip it, but this year we get to bring something back a little bit more exciting. We get to do that Easter egg hunt with an added bonus of Easter egg history, I would say. We get to learn some things about some of the special people we have right here in Jackson, Mississippi, who have been involved in Kate Chapel, as well as who have paid the way for sacrifice. So this is an amazing opportunity for a family to come together to learn something about their history, about Jackson, um, to grow together, and then end with a fun fellowship. So we ask that teens of the Youth Council come and help with the Easter egg hunt for the little kids. The Easter egg hunt is 12 and under. So it is very important that we have some older kids help to oversee, as well as some parents that will be designated in certain areas for registration, directions, as well as recovery and cleanup. So again, we will put more announcements out on our Kate Nucleus, as well as our group meets for those informations, and you can always reach out to me or one of our other youth mentors. Thank you. 
Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Ashley. So let me make sure. Let me make sure we get some good information. So that's this Saturday. Is that right? So this coming Saturday, uh, beginning at nine a.m., uh, we will begin this GPS. Easter history and Easter egg, I guess is what we're saying. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. We need all of our parents to bring all of our children out. We're going to uh, have, have a different, different kind of event uh, where we are learning about history, uh, about the sacrifices of people uh, right here in the city of Jackson. And you can learn by going to these various sites. It's kind of like a uh, a scavenger hunt, Pokemon, uh, all of that mixed in together. Uh, but they're, they're going to be uh, special uh, rewards and gifts at the various sites scattered throughout the city of Jackson. And then we're all going to come back here uh, at K Chapel for the traditional uh, Easter egg hunt just on the North Lawn. Uh, for more information, they can go to the Nucleus page. Is that right? Go to the Nucleus page and get registered. No, yes. Yes, go to the Nucleus page and get registered. Uh, there will be more information that will be shot out to you uh, immediately upon your registration. It's going to be a blast. So all of our kids, parents bring all of our children. Let's have a fun time. Uh, masks are required. We will be social distancing as well, uh, but we're going to have a fun time doing that. Amen. 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 Listen, I got word this morning. Be, please be in prayer uh, for Sister Frankie Johnson. Sister Johnson uh, had emergency heart surgery this past week. She is in the Baptist Hospital. Uh, the room number I have is here is 3944. Uh, so please lift her up in your prayers. Uh, keep her lifted up. And uh, we know that God is a very present help and he is an able healer. Amen. We are praying for you, Sister Johnson, and for your recovery. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Listen, do want to remind you also, as has been noted, next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday, and we will have one service only. That is our sunrise service at 7 a.m. Amen. We want you to get up and get ready to celebrate Easter with us next Sunday morning at 7 a.m. for our one and only sunrise service. God bless you, and God keep you is our prayer. We're going to get ready and for the word of God, and just before we do, we'll have one more selection by the praise team. Through it all, through 
through it all <laughs> I've learned to trust in God that, that 
that's a song for folk who've been through something. You haven't been through anything. You, you don't know how to worship the Lord on that song. But if you've been through something, been through ups and downs, been through hurts and pains, been, been through dark days and lonely nights, been through some sickness, been through some sorrow, everything we've been through, we've learned that we can depend on the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want you as we look at Luke's gospel, the gospel according to St. Luke, I want you to do a few things for me. I believe, I believe better and brighter days are coming as, as our sermon series continues to make the case. But Sims, I also believe it won't be long before we will be gathering in this place again. I believe we will be seeing each other's faces fairly soon. I rejoice in knowing that that time is coming. Something you can do as we begin making those preparations, number one, I want you to be in prayer for the return to this space. I want you also, if you have not and you're still wondering, Go on and get your vaccination. Amen. amen. I, I need a few more amens out there. I heard you. I, I, I know you. some of y'all didn't say amen. <laughs> Go ahead and get your vaccinations. And after you get the vaccination, they're going to give you a card. Hold on to that card. Keep that card. And in fact, you might want to make some copies or take a picture of your vaccination card to keep it handy with you. I don't know all of the different ways that we will be using that card, but I can tell you it will be useful. So do those three things. Be in prayer, get your vaccination, and keep record of your vaccination as we prepare reentry in the near future into this building. Uh, perhaps with limited numbers, but yet with some numbers and with protocols in place to keep everyone safe. Amen. In the gospel according to St. Luke, Luke chapter number 23, beginning with verse number 32, you will find these words recorded. There are also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. When they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They parted his raiment cast lots 
And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. I want to preach from the subject this morning, two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. Within your communion packets distributed this week, you should see that there, along with your communion cup, there is piece of a palm plant. This piece of the palm is included in your packet to remind you of how the last week of Jesus' life on earth began. Palm Sunday marks Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Along the way, he is greeted with shouts of Hosanna. He is greeted with the waving of palm branches. Excitement and adulation from the people accompany his dissension into a city over which he had earlier openly wept due to its rejection of the prophets of God. His treatment would be no different. On Palm Sunday, they treated him, Ashley, as their king, but by Friday, he would be the grand marshal of a different kind of parade. On Palm Sunday, they honored him as a monarch, but by Friday, the pageantry and the posturing that honored him would change into both prosecution and persecution that mocked him. By Friday, the waving palm branches would become wagging tongues, speaking all manner of false accusation against him. By Friday, rather than being heralded as a king, he would be handled as a common criminal. By Friday, he would be heckled and jeered and made a spectacle of absolute disgrace. This ought to remind you that fame can be fleeting. Popularity can be unpredictable and followers can be fickle. People who sing your praises today can sign off on your termination tomorrow. People who compliment you today can conspire against you tonight. People who lift you up in one breath can let you down in the very next. And when people change their minds about you, change their position towards you, and change their language concerning you, you need to know who you are and whose you are. Over the course of just a few days, Deacon Sims Everything had changed from Palm Sunday to Good Friday. 
from celebration to crucifixion, from shouts of praise to scenes of pain, from a triumphal entry to a tragic death march, a march that would take him to the outskirts of the city wall, to a hill that scriptures would call Golgotha, which is translated the place of the skull. Interesting to note, Pat, that Matthew, Mark, and John use the term Golgotha. Golgotha in Matthew 27, Golgotha in Mark 15, Golgotha in John 19. But in Luke's gospel, we find a different word word that we have come to know and love the word used in Luke's gospel is not Golgotha it is Calvary 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 it it has become the object of the Christian's affection Calvary we sing songs about Calvary We name our churches after Calvary. We lift up the language of Calvary as being the place of our faith that we look to with love and admiration. The hymnologist penned the words long ago, King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Calvary has a certain ring to it that allows us to both locate our faith and unload our fears. At Calvary, we gain strength and we are given hope. At Calvary, we are empowered and encouraged. At Calvary, we are renewed and restored. At Calvary, we are reminded of the great sacrifice of our Savior whose death releases us from the penalty and the power of sin. And so, we have come to a place where we can celebrate Calvary, but but the term Calvary is not the proper name of a place. It is rather the anglicized form of the Latin word calvarius, which is the translation for the term skull. The King James translators chose to keep this Latin word Calvary in Luke's gospel, but they elected to keep the Aramaic word Golgotha in Matthew, Mark, and John. So Calvary and Golgotha both mean skull. You cannot separate them from each other. They mean the same thing. They are two sides of the same coin. I know that the English year rather prefers Calvary to Golgotha. Consider the fact that you've never sung a song about Golgotha. You've never sat in Golgotha Baptist Church. You've never sat in Mount Golgotha Baptist Church. You've never sat in Greater Mount Golgotha Baptist Church. You have never been moved by a poem or a sermon or a song about Golgotha. We prefer Calvary. 
For there is a certain hopefulness that we hear in that term Calvary, a certain blessedness associated with Calvary, a certain holiness that bathes the soul in the nectar of divine providence when we think of Calvary, a certain loftiness lifts the spirit when we consider Calvary, a certain righteousness that settles the soul that comes with Calvary, but Golgotha and Calvary are but two sides of the same coin. Golgotha the name sounds different in Golgotha we somehow feel the heaviness of the horror at Golgotha we are more easily attuned to the sense of suffering and grief at Golgotha we more acutely hear the brutality of the beatings and the inhumanity of the hangings giving way to the dirge of death at Golgotha we are more attuned to the gloomliness and the gruesomeness of the torture taking place Golgotha sounds weighty Golgotha sounds heavy Golgotha even sounds a bit scary Golgotha and Calvary are the same. At most, there are two sides of the same coin. And you can't have one without the other. I think we would do well to understand that very point in life. That we don't we don't need to nor should we seek to deny one side of reality to accept the other side of it. Life is not one dimensional. Our realities are not one sided. There are some complexities and some dualities that exist and you don't have to deny Golgotha in order to appreciate Calvary. You don't have to ignore Golgotha so that you can embrace Calvary. Let try and explain it this way the cross the cross has dual meaning dual reality and dual significance it is both a horrible instrument of torture and yet it is a beautiful emblem of faith both are true and you cannot nor should you seek to separate its ugliness from its glory It's the same cross. You cannot separate the grief that you find on the cross from the grace that you also get there. It's the same cross. You cannot separate the violence suffered on the cross from the victory secured in the cross. It's the same cross. Both are true. You cannot separate the suffering endured on the cross from the salvation secured at the cross. It's the same cross. Both are true. You cannot accept the power of the cross without acknowledging the pain that comes from bearing the cross it's the same cross both are true and likewise in life we are given some experiences that look and feel like Golgotha but you must be faithful enough and mature enough to know that there's always a Calvary side I know you got dealt a bad hurt but on the other side you found out that there was some hope 
You were given grief, but on the other side, you discovered that there was grace. You were given great misery, but on the other side, you found multiplied mercies. You were made to face the loss of a loved one, but on the other side, you were enveloped by the everlasting love of God. And often in life, it is the case that our best and brightest days are preceded by our darkest and most desperate ones. Such as it is with life. It has two sides to it. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have good days without having some bad ones. You cannot have peace without having experienced some frustration. You cannot have joy without knowing something about pain. You cannot have success without having had some failures. You cannot know acceptance without having had some rejection. The complexities of life demand that we experience both sides. And herein lies the point of this whole message. When life hands you the hurt of a Golgotha, you also in that same experience have the hope of a Calvary. When life gives you the gloom of a Golgotha, you have in that same experience a brighter and a better day that comes with Calvary. The question you must answer is, how do you handle life's Golgothas? How do you go through the gloom of a Golgotha and leave with the hope of a Calvary? Perhaps, perhaps the darkness of Golgotha gives way to the hope of Calvary because because of what happens on the hill. <laughs> Stay with me. It is, it is at Golgotha where Christ is crucified. He is murdered before the gathering masses of people. The Romans had perfected this form of persecution such that those who were killed by crucifixion, did not die quickly. They suffered a slow, painful, excruciating death. This place of the skull was the place where public crucifixions occurred. It was a horrid hill that is said to have been shaped like a human skull but also was strewn with skulls and skull fragments as a reminder to anyone who considered revolting against Rome that such a fate a fate awaited them. This hill, this place of the skull was a mountain of death. That's Golgotha. But if you were only to focus on the death of Jesus at Golgotha, you would miss the miracle of Christ at Calvary. Yes, he died there. But that's not the only thing that happens there. While he died, he took the time to save one of the thieves who refused to join in the mockery saying to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. That's Calvary. 
While he died, he took a moment to ask the father to forgive those who were guilty themselves of participating in his punishment. That's Calvary. While he died, he took a moment to tend to his mother by leaving her in the hands of John. That's Calvary. While he died in his dying breath, he uttered the words, it is finished. Three words that attest to the fact that more happened at Calvary than just his crucifixion. It is finished, raises the specter of hope with the realization that something greater transpired. It is finished, suggests that something more impactful has taken place, something more purposeful and intentional has happened than what was intended. When he uttered those words, it is finished. Jesus was declaring, I have accomplished the eternal salvation of God's people. It is finished. I have paid the debt of humanity's sin in full. It is finished. I have fulfilled all the types and all the shadows and all the prophecies of the, of the coming Redeemer foretold in Scripture. It is finished. I have wrought the forgiveness of mankind's sins so that they will remain eternally forgiven. It is finished. I have made full atonement for the whole world. It is finished. My sacrifice has put an end to all sacrifice and rendered the sacrificial priesthood redundant. It is finished. I have completed the work which my father sent me to do his eternal plan. It is finished. I glorified thee on earth having accomplished the work which thou gavest me to do. It is finished. And if all you see is the murder of Jesus at Golgotha, then you miss the miracle of Christ at Calvary. Then secondly, if you're going to find Calvary in the midst of Golgotha, you've got to recognize not only what happened on the hill, but you've got to recognize who's present on the hill. One preacher one preacher, one preacher, Max, said that Golgotha, theologically speaking, that, that, that at Golgotha, this is the final meeting between the big three. Because one cross, the cross in the middle, reflects God incarnate. But on another cross, remember he is between two thieves. And so on one cross, you have Satan incarnate who says to Jesus, if you be the son of God, then come down from there and save yourself and us too. Remember, this is not the first time that we hear such language from the devil concerning Jesus. It was at the beginning of his ministry when Satan tempts Jesus saying, if you be the son of God and turn these stones into bread. I wish I had a witness here. But, but, but the other cross, the other cross on the other side reflects humanity. For there 
another thief cries out to Jesus, not mocking him, but rather asking him to save him, saying to him, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And so at Golgotha, you have the theological representations of heaven, hell, and humanity occupying the same space. Oh, it makes sense when you think about it, Johnny, that the devil would be there. But Jesus is about to finish his mission and complete the purpose for which he had come to earth. And just like the devil, whenever you get close to your purpose, he will show up. Whenever you get close to completing your mission, Satan will get on your track. Whenever you are on task with the plans of God concerning your life, the devil will inevitably show up. He will do whatever he can do to throw you off course, to take you off task, and to get you off mission. And that's why, that's why you need to understand this morning. That if you sense things suddenly becoming more difficult, the load getting heavier to bear, the assignment becoming too much to handle, it might be an indication that you're closer to your purpose than you've ever been before. You're closer to making a real impact than you've ever had before. You're closer to that thing that you've been working on and working at actually coming to pass. And all the devil wants to do is interrupt it before it can happen. But here's the good news. Even though the devil might show up at Golgotha, remember that Jesus is with you at Calvary. You are not by yourself, but the Lord himself is with you there. And that's why you can have hope for a better and brighter day because even at Golgotha, there's a Calvary experience because Christ is there. That's what the psalmist has us to know in Psalm 139 when he writes, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I free from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, behold, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Do you see that? The psalmist says the same thing, two sides to the same coin. Light and day, according to God, it's all the same thing. Because there is no shadow of turning when the Lord is there. Wherever you are, whatever situation you find yourself in, hear me, beloved, you are not by yourself. Whatever Golgotha you might be given, it is not a heal that you have to experience by yourself. Yes, it might be a high heal, but God is with you on that heal. It might be a dark heal, but God is with you on that heal. It might be a lonely heel, but God is with you on that heel. It might be a bleak heel, but God is with you on that heel. I believe that's why the psalmist declared, I will look unto the heels from whence cometh my help. 
My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And when I know that God is with me on Golgotha's hill, it gives me hope for a Calvary experience. That's what you see, my brothers and sisters. There is a Calvary experience on the other side of whatever you're going through. It won't always be dark like it is now. There is a breaking of day on the other side of this. There is a Calvary experience on the other side of this. The foundations of the earth won't shake forever, but there is a settling of the soul and a straightening of that which is crooked that will take place on the other side of this. The songwriter was right when he said there will be glory after this there will be beauty after this there will be a testimony after this there will be strength after this why because I know that where I am I'm not going through this by myself but God is with me on this hill well finally let me say a word about what's left on the hill. You see the hope of Calvary in the midst of horror is possible when you learn that you can leave it on the hill. <laughs> I, I, I think I'll say that again, Pat. The, the hope of Calvary in the midst of the horror of Golgotha it's possible when you learn that whatever you're carrying, you can leave it on the hill. <clears throat> That's what Calvary lets us do. It lets us lay our burdens down. Calvary allows us to leave on the hill that which weighs upon our spirits. We can lay it down at the foot of the cross, leaving our brokenness on that hill, leaving the torn and the tattered pieces on that hill, leaving the bitterness of life on that hill because I believe that God does something for us there if we but let him. There on the gruesome yet glorious hill. There on that violent yet victorious hill. God did what he will do for you and perform what I call a divine exchange. I seem to hear it. In the words of Isaiah. When the Lord promises to give unto us beauty for ashes. That's a divine exchange. He promises to give us the oil of joy for our mourning. That's a divine exchange. He gives to us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's a divine exchange. And I'm through y'all. But that's what I get at Calvary. I know that the two are the same Golgotha and Calvary. But I will admit to you that I choose to look to Calvary. For Calvary represents for me a sense of hope. Calvary represents a better and a brighter day. Calvary represents the possibility 
that whatever grief I must endure, that there is an equal grace that awaits me there. So just like a coin that has two sides, the side of the coin does not determine or change its value. Do I have a witness here? But you can assign meaning to the side of the coin. Wish I had a witness here. A nickel is still a nickel. Whether it's facing up or whether it's facing down. A quarter is worth 25 cents no matter if heads or tails is in the air. Even though I cannot change the value of that coin, I can differentiate its meaning based on which side, I wish I had a witness in here, based on which side I'm looking at. And that's why I choose to keep looking at that hill called Golgotha and Calvary from the side of Calvary. Do I have a witness here? For when I look at it from Calvary's side, I see the hope instead of just the horror. When I look at it from Calvary's side, I sense the purpose behind the pain. When I look at it from Calvary's side, I feel the blessedness of the Father's presence in the midst of my broken pieces. When I look at it from Calvary's side, I'm reminded that the spilling of his blood did not happen in isolation from the Father, but it happened in concert with the Father. The piercing of his hands did not happen without the ever-seeing eye of God. The hanging of his body upon that old rugged cross did not happen without the sovereign signature of the supreme creator. And although he died, when I hear Calvary, it gives me hope that there is a resurrection. Although he died on Friday, Calvary gives me confidence of a bright and early Sunday morning. Although he finished his mission and gave up the ghost on Friday, Calvary assures me that a better ending, a better day, a brighter day is just around the corner. In fact, is just on the other side.
saving action an action of love an action of mercy but also an action of sacrifice my brother and my sister if you have just heard this message and you're ready to give your life to this Christ who gave his all for you I want you to call the number that's on your screen. I want you to do that. Don't delay. Do it now. Do it now. Don't wait until Easter. Do it now. (laughs) Don't wait until another Sunday comes. Do it now. Do it now. And if you've been wanting to perhaps join this church and you've been waiting for the right time and you've been wondering if things were going to be... Listen... God has led you here. You've been nurtured and fed here. There's a way for you to connect with us here right now. Do it now. Call the number now. There's someone waiting to speak with you, someone waiting to talk with you. They're going to give you steps to take. They're going to give you things to do that will 
secure you as a member here at church, but also secure your faith in Christ as a child of the Most High God. Surely, he died at Calvary. Beloved, on next Sunday, we want to remind you 7 a.m. for our sunrise service as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But before Resurrection Sunday on Saturday, again, all of our parents, we want you to be reminded to go and sign up on the Nucleus page to bring your children out to celebrate in preparation for the celebration of Resurrection Sunday. That's Saturday, Saturday uh, this weekend, Saturday this coming weekend, and Sunday for our early morning sunrise service. Beloved, I pray that you have your communion cups ready now as we share this meal of remembrance for all that Christ did for us on a hill called Calvary. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these elements that we hold now, of which we are about to partake. We pray, O oh God, that you sanctify our hearts, purify our minds, make us more like you. Fill us with your power. Anoint us with your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, break it and blessed it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, after the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again. Let us drink together. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. We don't have a Mount of Olives to go into, but we can fellowship one with the other. If not physically, you can do so virtually right now. Uh, say hello to your brother and your sister online. Give them a thumbs up. Give them a, a great big hug or a, a big, great big red heart. Let them know that you love them. Put some praying hands in and let them know that you're praying for them. We fellowship like this because of the times that we are in. But hear me, beloved. Better and brighter days are just ahead. May the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you and give you his peace. What a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness.
sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.